This is Unrefined, the podcast where ordinary people share their extraordinary stories. Hi there, story lovers. I'm Shannon. And I'm Camille, and we're back with another episode of Unrefined. Last week, we left you hanging with Nicole's story, so we're back to wrap it up in this episode. When we left Nicole, she had just left her date with Mark after he had made the big reveal about sharing his wife with his brother. Just totally normal date conversation. Absolutely normal. Before that even, things hadn't gone well on the date and this guy had exhibited some pretty negative behaviors toward women in general, that's going to come full circle in the second half of her story. So we stay friends on social media and I will say this guy's meme game strong. It was good being friends with him on Instagram because he like his account made me laugh all the time. And that's part of the reason I was sucked into meeting him is because he was really funny, but he was also nuts. So we're following each other on social media. Things are fine. Like he starts dating this new girl and I'm like, cool. Like his, you know, his focus is redirected. He's moved on. A few months go by and uh, I have a date with another person. It's a- another guy, and his name is Adam. And uh, we we start talking on Tinder. And Adam is a very attractive guy and and funny, and we have a lot in common. And we decide to meet like the day after we start talking. And he was like, I, you know, just to full disclosure, I'm recovering from like a pretty severe mental health episode but like I'm doing a lot better and like my meds are good and I I have a really great therapist but I just want to be really upfront about that and I'm like okay I was like well you know I I suffer from anxiety and depression I've been in therapy for years so I understand so we were going to meet at Bakersfield I go and and I um I get settled and I I'm excited like I'm having a lunchtime date with a really cute six foot nine gentleman that's very tall very tall and I love me a tall man he walks in and he's first of all he's ginormous and and I don't get any red flags from him during the time that we're talking and so this guy walks in and he is pouring sweat. I mean, like he was pouring and he sits down and I'm like, hey, are you okay? And he's like, um, yeah, just um, this is the first time I've driven the car in a while. And um, I parked a, oh, far, uh, my par- parked really far away and I, it just took me longer to walk here. And he is clearly having a panic attack. Oh. I feel bad for him because he's very uncomfortable and he's pouring sweat. And he starts to settle in a little bit. And I had ordered like appetizers and I'd ordered myself a margarita. And I was like, do you want, you know, a drink? And he was like, oh, no, I don't. Um, I don't. I don't. I don't drink. And I was like, oh, OK. And so we start talking and he slowly starts to divulge that he is in the lifestyle. So do you know what the lifestyle is? No. It's like people who are into BDSM, swing, alternative sexual lifestyles, daddy and baby situations. Do you know what that is? Yeah. Okay. So he uh, apparently is a daddy. (laughs) 
And he did not divulge any of this before I met him. And he starts to tell me that uh, uh, he was looking for somebody that was willing to give daddy aftercare. And I am not in the lifestyle. So but I do know a ton of people that are. And so I'm familiar with the like the nomenclature they use. And so mm-hmm. he's like, you know, I have all these babies and they want all the aftercare, but daddy wants aftercare too. And I'm like, Oh fuck me. Like what is happening? <laughs> so I'm once again, I'm in that position where I'm sitting there like it's story time. It's story time. And he's talking about how daddy wants aftercare. And then he he's kind of making sure that he's like not smiling very much. And at one point I make him laugh and he smiles. This motherfucker is missing a whole front tooth that he had hid the entire time. He hid it through the first part of our conversation and he hid it on all of his pictures. That is masterful. And it was, Gone. I mean, we're talking noticeable. And I'm like, this is a, 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 a like a, a healthy looking guy. The rest of his teeth are nice. So that signals to me like you had an accident. And he had sort of referenced that he used to drink so much in college that he would like lose track of time for days. And so I'm like thinking to myself, I wonder if that was lost like during an episode. So we're talking and and I'm like, okay, you're missing a whole tooth. Like there's so much you're not divulging to me here. And then he said, uh, yeah, like I also need to let you know that like I'm living with my uh, with my dad in his basement right now uh, since I got out of the hospital. And I was like, the hospital? And he was like, yeah, I mentioned before that I had had some mental health problems while I was institutionalized oh. for months at the beginning of this year. And I'm like. Oh my God. That's heavy. It was super heavy. And I did not see, like, I, you know, you know, people have, they tell you they've got mental health issues. Most times you don't expect them to drop on you that they were institutionalized. So I'm putting all of these puzzle pieces together with this guy, like, you know, drink a drinking problem. Um, uh, he's got borderline personality that he just got under control with medication, but he's still also sort of sorting that out. He's in therapy. He doesn't have his he doesn't have a job. He doesn't have a house like so I, I'm sitting here and he does the same shit that the first guy did the crazy dude where he goes, I feel like we're really hitting it off. Like I I can't wait to set up a second date. And he's like, how are you feeling about everything? I feel like we've got really long-term potential. And I was like, no. And I was like, no. And I did the same thing I did. I said, our demons will not play well together. And he's like, well, what do you mean? And they always ask, like, I don't understand what you mean by that. And I said, okay. And so once again, I'm bringing out an example. I said, I am a child of addicts. I grew up severely codependent. I'm always I'm always struggling with codependency. And with you being in the state of mind that you're in, I would consistently try to help you. And that is not good for me. So this would not be a good match for either of us because I would enable you. And it's just not, you know, and he goes, well, I wouldn't want you to fix me. And I was like, oh, I know that, but that doesn't mean it won't happen. And he kind of sits for a minute and he just goes, well, if you don't think this is going to go anywhere, then I'm going to leave. We'd already ordered food. And he was like, can I pay you for the food? And I was like, 
no, it's fine. You can go. And he just gets up and leaves. So that is the first time that I had ever been left on a date. I didn't feel bad. Like I could see that he was having an episode. So I was like, I probably would have bailed too. But it was the first time that that had ever happened to me. So I'm sitting there with my margarita and the food runner comes out and he'd only ordered one taco. What? One, Because I think he was nervous and like oh. not. And so he'd ordered one. And so when he, that's why when he offered to, and I was like, I've got your big $3 taco. Like you can make the great escape, my man. She sort of comes up to the table and she goes, "Is and I was like, oh, no, he, he's gone. And she goes, what? And I go, oh, he he gone and he ain't coming back. And she goes, what do you mean? And so she kind of laughs, laughs and I go, we met uh, like we this was a Tinder date and uh, he he left and she starts laughing and she's like, oh, my God. And I go, it was fine. I was like, he was having a really hard time. Like you could tell he was struggling. But I got to say, this is the first time I've ever been left on a date. And so my waiter comes up and he's this very sassy man. And he was like, hey, is everything OK? And she was like, that guy left. And he was like, what? <laughs> and I was like, yeah, I go, he just bailed. And so we start chatting and he was like, oh, my God, you were on a Tinder date. And I was like, yes. And they were like, oh, hell no, honey. Like, be glad that's done with. <laughs> so the food runner was like, hold on, I'll be right back. So I'm sitting there and I'm like, what is she, what is she doing? She comes back with a shot. <laughs> Oh, yeah, she did. She comes back with a shot of tequila and she was like, here you go. Like, this is your shot for the day. And the waiter was like, yeah, like, like let's hook her up with a shot. So I, I do the shot and then my bill comes and they had taken all of this stuff off the bill. Like they took off my appetizer. They didn't make Aww. me pay for his taco. Like they they discounted my drink. It was really, really sweet. That is nice. It was awesome. And I enjoyed my lunch. Like I had a great rest of the afternoon and I get in the car and I had taken a, a picture of the shot. I posted on my Instagram like, when the wait staff at Bakersfield feels bad because you got left on a date. Like I had a bunch of people and they were asking me in the comments, like, what happened? And uh, I was like, I met up with this person and it didn't work out. And he ended up walking out on the date and blah, blah, blah. And here comes Mark in the comments. So last night we uncovered a problem while I was pouring myself a glass of wine. Do you remember that? Oh, Oh yes, yes I do, Shannon. I do remember it. It was a horrible moment because I realized that I was out of wine and it was horrible and I was jealous and you just drank it in front of me. I'm sorry I did that to you, but I spent most of the day trying to figure out a solution for that very problem. You did? I did. We don't have any advertisers right now, but we do have a way for our listeners to help us make sure we never run out of wine while recording again. Tell me you're talking about Last Bottle. I am talking about Last Bottle. Damn. They buy these remnant batches of some of the best wines in the world and they sell them at deeply discounted prices. Oh, I like that. It seems like a better option than joining one of those like wine of the month clubs you get a bunch of wines you don't like definitely it's probably a better service for people who know what they like and who like to have a few bottles of their favorite wines on hand so um tell me shannon how can our audience help us make sure that i don't run out of wine ever again they can visit the last bottle link in our show notes and create an account if they use the link 
they'll get a $10 credit toward their first order and will get a credit when they make their first purchase. Ooh! Then we can order some wine to drink on the show. And I'll never go thirsty again. Oh, Shannon, thank you so much. I am definitely um, into this. I'm definitely into getting paid in wine. Well, it is my second favorite form of currency. Oh, really? What's your first? Cash money. Cash money, baby. All right, people. So check the show notes for the last bottle link and help me stock my wine rack. Pretty please. Pretty please. And here comes Mark in the comments. And he says, oh, so I see this is a repeating pattern for you. I was like, what do you mean? And I said, telling people the truth when they ask me how I feel about the situation. And he said, no, it's not about telling the truth. It's about the fact that you promise people things and you promise men things and you lure them and you send them nude photos of yourself and you blah, blah, blah. Because I maybe sent him a, a picture, a nude. And, you know, I was feeling real, real good about myself. So I was just like, he started saying that I was using those things as tactics to lure him in. And like all this, I mean, it was crazy. The things that he was saying. Spoken like a true incel. That's what I am picking up here. Yes. So he was, I mean, I was, I was the target that day. So, and this was, I mean, a good three months after I'd met him. So he starts going off into my Instagram comments and I'm like, you know what? I'm, I'm just going to block the dude. So I block him on uh, Instagram and then I block him on Facebook and then he starts to text me and he says to me, I'm glad that you blocked me because you've spared me from your narcissistic navel gazing posts. You're so full of yourself. And, and this is coming from the dude that (laughs) like, because I was still like connected to him on social media, I would see his posts and he is that guy that would take us a, a very posed, art, articulate selfie of himself. And if it didn't get enough likes, he would delete it and he would post another one. And so there was one day where I kept seeing all these selfies of him pop up. And when I would go to his page, they would all be gone except the most recent one. So he was literally posting, taking it down, posting, taking it down. And he's sitting here just railing on me about being narcissistic and how I'm so full of myself and, you know, and blah, blah, blah. And then he says, <laughs> and by the way, I think you should know that your ass looks like a sack of 50 pound wiggling puppies. <laughs> the hell? And I say, at least they're cute puppies. And he said, <laughs> he said something about like, fuck you, like, you know, you're a fat bitch and blah, 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 which, of course, with with these type of men, you are sexy and curvy and they love your body until you reject them. And then you're a fat bitch, which is always the way it goes. So I and I knew like that's the only card that these fools have to play against me is that I'm fat. And I'm like, cool, get a new insult that I haven't heard since second grade. So he says that to me. And (laughs) my only rebuttal was, well, at least I like to take my clothes off when I have sex with people. And then I blocked him. (laughs) Mic drop, right? (laughs) Like, I love myself and I bid you adieu. So that was the most insane 
dating experience that I have ever had. Like this guy was nuts. So we call him, we, we refer to him in my friend circle as the brother fucker um, or all you can eat shrimp. It really depends on the day. (laughs) Both work, right? They're both very good. I mean, pick your poison. (laughs) Oh man. So yeah, it was a hell of a date and uh, I'm really, even though it was wild, I'm glad I stuck around because I have been able to share that story with people and it just gets funnier every time because I'm like, where did you come from? Like what? I, I just, yeah, it was wild. It was wild. There's a lot of mental health issues in this story, and by no means are we or Nicole making light of that issue. What is interesting to me is the fact that he seems so ready to get back out there into the scene when he obviously has a lot of things to work through. And I wonder how someone makes that choice. Like, I'm living in my dad's basement. I need more aftercare. What could help me get on my feet? I know an online dating app. Yeah, I feel like he definitely isn't quite ready to be back out there yet. And I want him to come back strong. Like, I think I even said that when I was (laughs) talking to her. (laughs) Like, I'm pulling for this guy. I just, I don't think he's ready. And I think that Nicole is incredibly self-aware and calling out those things in herself that she sees that would be a problem in a relationship with this guy. And in a lot of ways, she is doing him a huge favor. And I don't think he recognizes that at the moment. Hopefully down the road, he can. Absolutely. But it's hard for me not to giggle a little bit when he's talking about all the babies want to be cared for, but daddy needs to be cared for. I just couldn't even like just the thought of having, having, a date with somebody and not knowing much about that world or being a part of it and having a a seven foot tall man say that daddy needs more aftercare. I just, I don't know if I could handle it. Yeah. I, I don't know how I would have reacted. I know I can't control my face. So I feel like no matter <laughs> what was coming out of my mouth, Like my face would be telling you everything you needed to know about how I was feeling in that moment. But I feel like Nicole probably had a better handle on that than I would. Absolutely. We should all do a shot in honor of Nicole. Yes. Rumplements all around. Or tequila. I like that part too. Oh God. Yeah. I wonder if she was a little bit relieved when he left. I know she felt a little bit awkward sitting there on a date by herself. And that the wait staff at that restaurant was so nice to her and really treated her very kindly. But like, I wonder if she was a little bit relieved at the same time. I think I would have been. Yeah. I mean, and at least that guy was like, all right, well, peace. Yeah. It's better than sitting there and wondering, is he going to try and touch my eyebrows for fuck's sake? (laughs) I know. Yeah, and back to that guy who could not contain himself when she posted the picture of the shot online. Yes. Oh, 
Mark. And started saying all these things about her. What she does, like, this is what you do. Like, you you cold-hearted snake. Like, you lure them in. But then, then she admitted that she had sent a nude. She did. I'm not saying, well, then you deserved it. I'm not saying that. But for me personally, that's something that is not, like, non-negotiable. It's not going to happen if I'm just talking to someone from an app. Not going to happen. I mean, I'm probably the same way. Not going to judge her for doing it for sure. I will judge him for throwing it back at her. And I think she was totally right when she said that guys think you're all, you know, you're sexy and curvy until you reject them. Right. And then you're, then you're a fat bitch. Yeah. Yeah. I have that same thing. It's like, uh, oh, I love your confidence. And then it's all of a sudden, then it's like, well, you're a fucking crazy bitch. You're, or you're this or you're that based on those same attributes. It's like when it works for you, it's great. But when it doesn't work for you, all of a sudden it's a negative attribute. Yeah. The common denominator here is the fragile male ego. Ego. True that. Yeah. I mean, it is. Right. And I'm not, we're not man hating here. No, I, I love men so much. there are plenty of men who don't act like this. Like, these are just the insecure jerks that take out their insecurities on strong, confident women. And that yes. I don't have any tolerance for. No. But yeah, he he really threw it back at, in, in her face. He's Not- awful to her. And I commend how well she took it and just let it roll right off of her. Yeah. Good riddance. So, Camille, do you have a dating story for us today? I do. I do. I have so many. I have so many. Um, And I'm sure throughout our time together on this podcast, you will hear all of them. But for now, I want to take you to a special place, New York City. Um, I was working at this underground um, Mexican place that was a very hip. A lot of fashion people went there. And I'm not a fashion person per se, like the people that went there were like six foot tall models, just crazy, beautiful, wealthy people. And I was um, a server, you know, and they gave us these like tight clothes to wear and big earrings and wanted us to wear like red lipstick and stuff. And I felt so out of place because I'm, it's fun to, I love dressing up and I love theatrics, but I just felt like I was not good at that, like fake flirting with everyone to get tips and it just creeped me out a little bit but one day I was working there and there was a group of people and they were mostly businessmen and a couple of women and this guy was started talking to me and he had an accent and I was like oh do you speak Spanish and because I speak Spanish and he was like yes and so we started talking and ends up he was Venezuelan and his, the woman who worked with him was like, I work for him. I'll vouch for him. He's so great. You should go out with him. I'm going to give him your number. Can I give him your number? And I was like, sure. So we end up meeting for brunch in New York and, um, we're just talking. I'm drinking way too much. Like, I, I don't even know how many Bloody Marys I had, but it was an, an obscene amount. So we started talking and we were having a good time and I find out that his 
father bred racehorses in Venezuela, which translates to money. I mean, anyone who breeds racehorses, first of all, um, any anything having to do with horses is you're going to have to have some type of money coming in from somewhere because it's just so expensive. Everything that has to do with them. Yeah, it sounds like it. So I'm getting drunker and drunker as I'm hearing him talk about his dad, his Venezuelan, you know, businessman dad who now lives in New York City, and um, and I'm I'm not gonna lie, a little I, I, I'm constantly working on my self worth, and I kind of saw like as a handsome Venezuelan guy possibly that had a lot of money. I did not mind that he was buying me a large amount of Bloody Marys at an expensive New York brunchery. But he started, he started, um, he like put his hands through my hair and he said, oh, your hair, you can just put your fingers right through it all the way through your hair so easily. And I was like, thanks, I guess. Thank you. And then, you know, later we're walking down the street and a little, little slutty making out hardcore on the corner during the day on a Sunday. (laughs) Well, it was a brunch Sunday. Yeah. What do you want from me? Um, God, and I miss the anonymity of New York. Oh, how I miss it. And so he grabs my butt and goes down like to my thighs and grabs them. And he's like, oh, such powerful legs. So much powerful, powerful legs and thighs. And I started to realize that he was kind of checking me as though I were a horse. Like he was running his fingers through my mane. And then he was like (laughs) checking my hindquarters. That is weird. Not like sexily like squeezing, but like literally checking my muscle makeup. And at that point I was worried that he was going to start like checking my teeth. That didn't happen, did it? No. I mean, maybe with his tongue. (laughs) No. And so then um, I remember we went back to his apartment and he lives in the West Village, I think. And then I ended up getting way too stoned. Like whatever he had was very powerful weed. And I took a hit and I was so stoned that I started to have this paranoia foreshadowing of him like, you know, sending me to the glue factory in so many ways. But like, I just was like, I'm, I'm going to die right now. Cause I'm with this crazy Venezuelan who knows what they do. He's checking my hindquarters. Maybe he's going to sell me. And then I left. Trust your instincts. I did. I ran, even though they were highly, highly confused with <laughs> THC. Um, it's always safer to trust your instincts. So yeah, that was my, um, I almost became a a baroness of a racehorse lineage. Did you ever talk to him again? I feel like, ah, New York is such a blur. Um, I feel like he probably, probably texted, but nothing came out of it. Mm. But yeah, so that, that was one of my stories. That's like an interesting mix of good and bad. Like it seemed like it was going well until he started to check your thighs. (laughs) Right. (laughs) Like that's just odd. No matter what, like it's an odd situation to have someone comment on, on your body in that way. Yeah. It was like, and it was like, he, it was like, you're sexy, but it was more of a like, God, you'd be a good horse breeder. Or maybe he was just thinking I'd be a good breeder. Like a, strong woman of baby making. I don't know. 
But it was funny because all these little things kept adding up to, oh, he's like checking me like I'm a horse. So I guess um, we could go ahead and give some unrefined confessions. Mine is actually a, a mini story kind of. Okay. Tell me, tell me. So my unrefined confession is you're going to hate me for part of it, but I'm going to redeem myself. Okay. Okay. My unrefined confession is that I have the weakest bad date story of all time. So you should roll your eyes and hate me. I am. And then I'm going to say that's because I just didn't date a lot. That's because okay. I didn't get asked on a lot of dates. Oh, shit. <laughs> I'm going for the sympathy card here. <laughs> oh, bubba. So my worst date story, I don't know. I was probably like 26. And this 21-year-old guy was so cute and he was pursuing me and I didn't know why. And so at the ripe old age of 26, I thought I was really old and it was crazy to date a guy who was 21 like that was just Nuts. insane he Nuts. was so young so young <laughs> but I decided I would go on a date with him and he took me to the outdoor movies at this cute little place downtown and it was oh my god that sounds adorable doesn't it wait okay <laughs> and this is where it gets to be the lamest bad date story ever. He didn't drink, but he brought wine on the date. And I was already like, okay, am I just going to drink this by myself? I was okay without it. But he drank it too, which I thought was weird. I was like, I don't think that I want to change you in that way if, if you feel strongly about not drinking. You know, it was just weird. Was it a conviction or was it because he was had a problem with it. He had a family history of okay, having a gotcha. with it. And so like, I'm not going to ever want you to do something if you're afraid of that. So he brings this wine. It's a bottle of Merlot. And this is like in the era of Sideways. You remember that movie? Mm-hmm. It's all about wine country. And they talk shit about Merlot throughout the whole movie. So the world <laughs> stopped drinking Merlot during this time. <laughs> And I was one of those assholes who was like, ew, Merlot. So he brought Merlot. But he also brought it in this strange, like, Tupperware shoebox-sized container. And he brought chocolates. But he brought Andy's chocolate mints. Ew, with the wine? Yeah, you don't drink that. Uh, still, that back up. Together. Back up. Still, though, the wine was in a bottle, though. The wine was in a bottle, but he, like, transported okay. the whole... the. Andy's mints and the wine and wine together yeah in this box and that was probably his romance box yeah that's the vibe I was getting like he's watched too many romance (laughs) rom-coms too many rom-coms and I was like this is ridiculous I cannot this is so not me I'm not feeling this oh and the movie he took me to see oh god you want to know what this was uh, yes. Blazing Saddles. Blazing Oh, see, I'd love that, but. I did not no. love it. I'd never I, seen I, it. It is that's not a, That's me. an acquired taste. Either you're a yeah. 15-year-old boy or you're really into comedy. Uh, yeah, and I'm neither. <laughs> which, I don't know the history of comedy and like all that. It was funny in moments, but it was just. There's a lot of farting. Yeah, it was like he just took me 
to an outdoor movie and was thinking that was the cool part. And that was cool. But it's, yeah. That is my the lamest bad date story. Yeah. Like, I, there I, is no comparison to Nicole's no, story. Absolutely not. So that's and that was a sweet story. Just a, a helpless little precious angel who didn't know what the fuck he was doing. Yeah, until after the date when I took him to the playground next to my apartment and was like, I think we should just be friends. You didn't even make out with him? No. You should have at least used <laughs> him. That's not nice. No. I was like, I can't handle the cheesiness of another date like this. <laughs> so I thought you were going to say, we went to the playground by my house and we swung in swings. and I did swing on a swing. While I was telling him, let's just be friends. So I have a, a very, you had a short story. I have a short confession. Okay. I've kept my confirmation Bible all this time because what if hell's real? Do you think that will help me get, not get in to hell? I think it's definitely a check in the plus column for you. Okay. It's not like a, a sure thing, but. It's like a good backup plan. Okay. There we go. I like it. I'll take it. Why not? I'll take it. Because you never know. Guys, if you're enjoying listening to Shannon and myself, we would be forever grateful for some love in the form of rating and reviewing us on Apple Podcasts. We really like five-star reviews. But if you're tempted to leave us something fewer than four, maybe just shoot us an email with your feedback instead, and we will definitely take it into consideration. Well, that about does it for today's show. Make sure to subscribe to the show and download new episodes every week. We've got links to our social media in the show notes. So until next time, keep those stories coming.